0: To the history of fun, where we explore the hidden backstories of the things you love. My name is Ross Frushtick, and today I'm joined by Allegra Frank. Hey, Allegra, hey, Russ, how are you? My
1: throat feels horrible.
0: Not enough zinc for Allegra, perhaps. Didn't load up on the zinc. Highly, highly recommend it. It limits how long your uh, cold is and how strong it is. There's well, I no wish I knew that. <laughs> science behind this whatsoever. I'm a doctor, and uh-huh. you can take my advice as a doctor. Uh, okay, that, that. A doctor of fun. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Chris Plant, who is bringing a very interesting topic today. Very exciting. Are you ready? I've got my yeah. elevator pitch. Okay. Puritans.
2: Love them. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. We uh, that go is quite the gang. On a journey today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the history of... Of The War on Christmas, which I realized about five minutes before the show started, fun, debatable.
0: It is about a fun thing, and maybe the only war we could ever bring to this podcast, because war is by and large or not fun, and this one is indeed not fun, but it is about a fun thing, so maybe that's a loophole. It's fun-adjacent.
1: Right? Yes.
2: I guess we could also do the, the time that everybody played uh, soccer during World War... Oh, yeah. too? So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, we're not doing that. We're doing the War on Christmas. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so the War on Christmas, uh, a thing I did not know is that it is as old as the country itself. And wow. not in all those ways we are like, yeah, it's as old as the country itself. No, like, it's literally as old as the country itself. But, twist... It didn't look anything like it does today. Uh, there's kind of like War on Christmas 1.0 and War on Christmas 2.0. Um, okay. <laughs> so a lot of the research on War on Christmas 1.0 comes from a book called The Battle for Christmas uh, by Steven Nissenbaum. It was a shortlist finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. So wow. Cool. Pretty legit and very entertaining. It makes for like a good holiday read. Um, it's not as academic as it might sound. Anyway, uh, basically, the, the, where this book starts and where the war on Christmas starts in America is Christmas gets straight up illegal in Massachusetts from 1659 to 1681. There's like, no, you can't do it. And when I say that, I mean, you're still going to work, you don't get the day off, mm. you can't party in the streets. You can't get too tipsy on mulled wine at an office party. None of it. It's all. Did they have
0: offices back then?
2: Yeah, like I, I like where they printed the
0: printing presses at. You sure, trust. Yeah, sure. That
2: That's sounds like an office. Worked.
0: I mean, geez. Um, A Kathy comics on the walls. It was crazy. <laughs> so the, the the Puritans' reason um, for this it
2: kind of kind of adds up. They're like, hey, there's no biblical. Or historical justification for celebrating the birth of Christ on
0: December twenty fifth. So which, it,
2: fact.
0: It, oh, I was gonna say this sounds a lot like remember the reason for the season. Even back then, right? Well, well, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It is reason
2: for the season, but also like it's like beyond the reason for the season. Whoa. It's like we shouldn't even have the season. <laughs> the, the mistake you made was having the season. Big (laughs) mistake. And this goes back, the church uh, decided on the date of December 25th, way, way, way back uh, in the 4th century. So it's been around for a long time. It was chosen because it marked the arrival of the winter solstice. So it it, it was kind of glomming onto something from the very beginning.
0: The running Um, theme of the season is people stealing other holidays and... (laughs) using it for their own holiday and just how great the winter solstice is yeah
2: (laughs) um so uh yeah puritans rightly note obviously if you've listened to any other episodes from the season that when they're talking about the season of the reason for the season they're talking about pagan traditions just Mm -hmm. lathered in a sheen of christian ideology so they're 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 very upset um and there's another thing about it is Christmas, I get it, right? Like, it has a bad reputation here in the States for, like, Christmas parties, specifically, getting a little, mm. you know, wild. Christmas back then is straight up debaucherous. Like, even by today's standards, we'd be like, damn, no, wow, you're going way too hard. Let's, like, <laughs> pull it back. We're, I mean, we're talking, like, booze, um, just the most fatty meats they didn't even like trim the fat off they're just like yeah oh. this looks good right there i'm not, who cares about my tum-tum um <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> begging in the streets um which remember the episode we did on trick-or-treating and uh caroling being really just begging back in the days sure um the book uh the battle for christmas mentions the invasion of wealthy homes <laughs> in uh fornication oh,
0: so in it the streets. <laughs> It was, basically the purge.
2: Yeah, it was it was basically the purge. Well, I would say it's like um if you mixed Fight Club with Panic Room, oh, and you're like, sure. oh, just a tour of the David fincher catalog uh is is basically what Christmas was. So I I mean if you think about it like today, Christmas has this bad rap for being a spree of capitalism, then back in the day it was almost the opposite. It was like a riot. Against the system where lots of power inversions, Hmm. men men would dress as women, women would dress as men, Uh, the poor would enter the homes of the wealthy, everybody's like, give me cash, give me booze. But they were welcomed, it's not like they would break in always. So, it's interesting that you say that, because the argument that uh, Nissenbaum makes, was, and other historians have made, is that it may have been seen as a pressure release valve. Oh, yeah. Where the, the ruling class is like, well, if we just... You know, you give people a couple days a year. They right, give them some
0: figgy pudding, and then everything <laughs>
2: works out. Exactly. That's basically the process. Yeah, it's smart. So that's, that's what's happening in the U.S., right? Um, meanwhile, in Europe, from about 1500 to 1800, people just cannot get enough of the Christmas season. And do you know why that is? It's great. Santa? <laughs> that's part of it. Allegra, do you have any thoughts?
1: Um, because I was going to go with great, too, honestly. But also, everything you've just described about American Christmas sounds awesome, so. <laughs> well, well, so that's what you were supposed to do. That's what mostly people were doing in Europe. Um, that's why it was, like,
2: outlawed. But, on top of all those great things that we just described, namely, I guess, home invasion, Allegra, terrifying <laughs> that you would support crimes, um, <laughs> is... Life was horrible. Like, life was just horrible. Every other day of the year, you woke up and you worked, and then you gave all your money to either the church or the government, and then they were like, hey, that's not enough. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll give you more until I die. Um, <laughs> but during, during Christmas, it was like this kind of— there wasn't a lot of work to do. Um, you were ramping into the solstice. You had done all your harvesting. Uh, there was actual fresh meat because they would slaughter all the animals. And this was like that brief window before they covered it all in salt and preserved it for the year. And meat suddenly went from tasting amazing to tasting just absolutely awful. Um, Beer and wine were ready because they had harvested wheat. Um, It's like this rare time of, there's a surplus of food and booze and you can actually take a short minute away from work. Um, So I I think there's like a nice connection here because you think of people in 2019 who are like, uh, Christmas starts so early, right?" <laughs> mm. Oh, can you just let us like not have to have Christmas right now? When in reality, from the beginning, Christmas has been an argument from people who are like, "Hey, you know what sucks? The rest of the year. Let us have like <laughs> a month of fun and happiness." Why are you so awful in preventing us that moment?
0: I mean, in uh, their defense, it's, it's longer than a month at this point. Come on. Well, no, it was always longer than a month. It would,
2: it would start yeah. around, like, Halloween,
1: and it would end, or, like, end in, like, early February. Whoa. Yeah. Honestly, really this sounds it. very much like my present-day life of the other, what, 11, 10 months of the year are just... <laughs> Just not great. And then you just party hard. You're eating the fatty meats. You're Mm -hmm. drinking the
2: flush wine. Break into rich people's homes. (laughs) Mike Bloomberg does not know what you're doing in his house right now. Recording this episode. (laughs) Um, To kind of like one more thing from this book that I just think is really a a really smart point. um, Was the idea of like being against Christmas on the 26th and thinking that you kind of know better than the church is inherently flawed, <laughs> and that the church kind of knew what it was getting all along, right? Like it's mm. getting all these positive vibes. It it knew when it associated with the winter solstice what that was. Mm. Uh, it's riding right that energy and that high, and that they are they're inherently bound to each other. Um, Nissenbaum put it as like this, which is Christmas has always been an extremely difficult holiday to Christianize, which is. Perfect, right? Yeah, like that's what does, they're doing. It, they do is a separate
0: run contrary thing. to basically every major tenet of Christianity in a lot of ways. I mean, the generosity is nice, but like, it, there's a lot of other things that it doesn't seem to it, jibe with. Yeah, which I think is religious holidays often as yeah. secularized.
2: But I, I, I guess the argument you could maybe even make is that because it did glom onto the winter solstice, is is, is effectively the christianization of the winter solstice Mm -hmm. which makes it from the get-go kind of an impossible task yeah um so that's that's the the early days eventually christmas comes back obviously twist um (laughs) survives the, the puritans um by the mid 19th century it's starting to get recognized at state level um this is from time magazine Several older, highly industrialized states declared Christmas a legal holiday in the mid-19th century. Massachusetts makes a good case study. With a burnout rate skyrocketing during the Industrial Revolution, one state legislate- legislator argued that lack of leisure time was literally killing workers. Yeah, I mean, probably true. Oh. It's real. Yeah. So the idea is that it may have actually came at a commercial level of like, hey, we just need rather than we need them to go to church, we just need these
0: people to, like, get a day off work. Um, yeah. Or well, else they will die. So we're um, saying that, like, during die. the Revolutionary War, like, people were not celebrating Christmas? It, it, state by state.
2: Oh, change in, state by state. Because obviously the
0: Puritans, like, the rule of the Puritans did not last through the 1700s. No, but
2: the idea was that it was more, I, I'm t- talking about it as a state level. So, again, like, individuals celebrated it in their own ways got but it establishing it at the state level because that's where the war on christmas truly was all along at plymouth rock <laughs> <laughs> in our hearts and on the constitution <laughs> um so in 1870 christmas becomes a federally recognized holiday which it still is today hasn't changed since 1870. who did that
0: what president was that
2: that was my trivia for you
1: oh wow, russell boy do you know who it was Oh,
0: 1870. So, 1870. like, that's I think that's post Lincoln. What do you mean you think? <laughs> I'm not 100% sure when Lincoln got killed, but I think it is post Lincoln. Uh, I'm gonna guess. No, it's before Cleveland. Uh, William Henry Harrison. He did it in those 30 days that he was <laughs> alive. Okay, yes, <laughs> good yes. Good yes. Uh, do you have a guess, Allegra? <sighs> I want
1: to (laughs) say, literally, the only things I can think of are just generic white, like generic white American man names. So I'm just like, Johnson. (laughs) Uh, You will be thrilled
2: to know uh, of all of the people who could make Christmas legal, it was none other than President ulysses s grant ah yes okay. makes um, sense this is from another timepiece. uh some theorize that the law was meant to unite north and south during the height of the reconstruction period after the civil war the northern publishing houses that produced christmas imagery and circulating the latest customs and traditions led the change for the holiday um, uh, okay so maybe it was to unite the, the north and the south after the war and give something that everybody could share or uh-huh. maybe it was for the North to make a lot of money off the South with <laughs> yep. all this merch that they had. Who's <laughs> to say?
0: You know? that, that huge wreath uh, imagery or uh, industry b- uh, booming in Massachusetts. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, so that's,
2: War on Christmas 1.0. We did it. You know, Christmas becomes a legal holiday. Everything's gravy. Surely yeah. this won't ever cause a problem in the history of America. No, ever that's again. the end. That's the end. Episode's over. Um, Surely the history of America won't come back to haunt the present of America. Um, Twist. It does. The War on Christmas (laughs) 2.0, 1920. Enter Henry Ford. Oh, gosh. Business tycoon. (laughs) (laughs) Not nice guy. Iconic (laughs) automaker and notorious (laughs) Um, anti-Semite. He produces pamphlets in the 1920s. called The International Jew, The World's Foremost Problem. And the dude goes bonkers with hateful attacks um, and conspiracy theories. Snopes has a lot of great writing on this, so if you would like to read more about Henry Ford, I will try to limit how much Ford gets in this podcast because he's <laughs> truly a hateful bigot. Um, but they, they have a lot more to go off of. Um, really, what ford is upset about is that some jewish leaders had questioned the teaching of christianity in public schools it's a first amendment issue one that had been argued in the courts a decade earlier than this um but hey what (laughs) does time or the law mean to someone like henry (laughs) ford um he says some awful things i will just read one of them uh just so you think about it every time you buy a Ford. Um, Lovely. People sometimes ask why 3 million Jews can control the affairs of 100 million Americans in the same way that the Jewish students can abolish the mention of Christmas and Easter out of schools containing 3,000 Christian pupils. Yep, it's all that. Not real. In, the, in these pamphlets, he was always like, I don't know if you noticed, but last year it was pretty hard to buy a Christmas card. No, it wasn't, Henry. <laughs> And, like, what? at all. Nobody had trouble. Literally not a single person it's had just trouble. Just because Henry was
1: trying to buy one on Christmas.
2: <laughs> I love the idea of him buying up all the Christmas cards to, like, support his Christmas theory. He just has a room full of Christmas cards. Look how tough it is. Um, it's also, like, I, I mean, this is the cliche, the magic of uh, terrible racism. Totally illogical. But Ford in one pamphlet will be like, oh, the Jews are out to destroy Christmas. And then the next one will be like, the Jews—they make all of the money off of Christmas because they own the department stores. Right. <laughs> and it's like Henry, you gotta choose a lane and stick with it. <laughs> it's it's a little too obvious. Um, uh, continuing the story, you're gonna notice a trend pretty quickly. Oh boy! Um, in terms of who has issues with Christmas, um, I'll you know I'll just spoil it right away. It's anti-Semites. Um, <laughs> the 1950s, the communists, or quote unquote the communists uh 1959 pamphlet from the john birch society titled "There goest christmas with a question mark and an exclamation point at the end
0: wow oh Emphatic. so he's shocked and alarmed well
2: john birch is not actually just one person it's a society so like his name isn't john
0: birch society <laughs> oh got it <laughs> mr well, society using a tarot in tarot very well sure 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 that. um and they
2: say, uh, one of the techniques now being applied by the Reds to weaken the pillar of r- religion in our country is the drive to take Christ out of Christmas. Um, and this is from time magazine, the John Birch society also assailed the United nations as fanatics who are trying to quote poison the 1959 Christmas season with their high pressure propaganda. Uh, here's another quote on the UN, uh, from that same pamphlet, UN fanatics, what they now want to put over on the American people is simply this: department stores throughout the country are to utilize UN symbols and emblems as Christmas
0: decorations. Whoa! The so obvious like that subtext globe with the like
2: plants around
0: it. Yeah. the, <laughs> the,
2: uh, the subtext here is that UN the UN replants, represents globalism, mm-hmm. yeah, which represents Jewish
0: people. Um, mm-hmm. Even uh, that's like, interesting because I'm like. I don't know. Whenever I hear about like, McCarthyism, I, don't, I feel like I don't remember hearing a ton about the UN specifically. As like, oh, a... so, so the John Birch Society, even by
2: like, its contemporaries, mm. was French. Um, okay. It still actually exists. Uh, it probably won't surprise you that it is notorious for conspiracy theories and anti-Semitism, even to today. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it, it, it hasn't been doing super well since the 70s, I think it's, like, done average, but I guess it's had an uptick <laughs> since President Trump. Um, I like that it did Funny. average. so <laughs> you no know, average for a hate group or something adjacent to a hate group. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to the modern era. We're just trucking along. Trivia. What year was Christmas challenged as a federal holiday in the, the U.S. courts?
0: How Ooh. high did it go?
2: Uh, it went to a district court.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I'm going to say 1974.
0: Oh, I was going to guess the 72. I'll say 78. You know when is the best time to party?
2: Like, it's 1999.
0: Wow. Wait, really? Yep. 1999. And it was challenged as a federal holiday? <clears throat> so... Who, who is behind this? The Jews? So,
2: Ganuland versus United States. <laughs> the charge is Christmas Day's federal status violates the Establishment Clause of the Constitution. The Establishment Clause is a clause of the First, Men- First Amendment, the freedom of speech. It's legal stuff. It gets complicated. Church and state. the State? Yeah, the bit you need to know is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or right. prohibiting the free exercise thereof.
0: Yeah, I um, mean... That makes sense. I got to be honest. They make kind of a point. So from a, a wiki on, on this case,
2: uh, Judge Susan DeLott uh, of the U.S. District Court for the, the Southern District of Ohio ruled that the Christmas holiday has become largely secularized. And mm. because of that, by giving federal employees a paid vacation day on Christmas, the government, the government is doing no more than recognizing the cultural significance of the holiday.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Which,
2: if you circle back to the things that we were saying at the beginning, is it was basically secularized from the drop.
0: Right, yeah. it was
2: initially a celebration of the winter solstice.
0: Um, and but, at that point, like, good luck, <clears throat> like, ripping a holiday away from people after they've had it for 300 years. <laughs> <laughs> Here's <gasps> the thing you're not ready for. Oh, no.
2: Judge Delot gave that decision as a Dr. Seuss poem. Wait, what? Part of the decision is a Dr. Seasfall. So good. Which I will now read to you. Thank you. I'm very (laughs) happy. The court will address plaintiff's seasonal confusion, erroneously believing Christmas merely a religious institution. Whatever the reason, constitutional or other, Christmas is not an act of Big Brother. Christmas is about joy and giving and sharing. It is about the child within us. It is most about caring. One is never jailed for not having a tree, for not going to church, for not spreading glee. The court will uphold seemingly contradictory clauses. 826 decreeing the establishment and quote Santa, both worthwhile clauses. Oh boy. (laughs) We are all better for Santa, the Easter Bunny too, and maybe the Great Pumpkin. To name just a few. An extra day off is hardly high treason. It may be spent as you wish, regardless of reason. The court, having read The Lessons of Lynch, refuses to play the role of the Grinch. There is room (laughs) in this country, and all our hearts too, for different convictions. And a day off too.
0: That is pretty excellent.
2: What? It's It's an exceptional decision. Um, and I will not go into it because we could do a whole podcast on it, but there is a good deal of writing about how this is actually legally sound on top of being just a good poem.
0: Well, but also I'm sure there's the rest of the decision is like a normal. Sure, sure, sure. But I mean, this also actually captures... the
2: the decision it's wild gets off to a rocky start a little bit of kind of a slant rhyme
1: up top yeah the meter is not great either (laughs) it really ends on a strong note though it does it does it does um wait i I just have to ask okay yeah so when this poem was being read was this like shocking to people or they were like no okay this is normal and fine
0: you don't they don't usually read the decisions in court okay this stuff it's just printed right I, I, I don't know, man.
2: I, I think also like distribution of this sort of thing, you know, in the internet days,
0: this would be yeah. huge. But I think, yeah, well, I mean, period. even early, I'm sure it got a lot of press when yeah. it first happened. But yeah, usually these sorts of uh, decisions are not, it's not like they come back a day later and give the decision. It'll <laughs> they be present like present
1: their poem in front of the jury. <laughs> yeah. But what, what I also love about it is the argument
2: is basically like, hey, no pressure. Like, it is, the, the poem is still kind of anti-war on Christmas of, like, it's just a day off. Do whatever you want. Right. You know, if it brings you joy, great. If it doesn't, like, watch Netflix all day. Not really a problem. <laughs> um, it's a free day off. I'm not going to take that away from you. Yeah,
0: that's pretty chill, man. Yeah. I like it. So, speaking
2: of things that aren't chill, <laughs> Uh-oh. now to the rest of the piece. <clears throat> um, so, because of you know, this case, or not because of it, but maybe adjacent to it, uh, the war on Christmas people just start ramping up. Um, and that same year, Pe- Peter Brimlow, who, uh, uh, another recurring theme of this piece, a dude too conservative for mainstream conservative publications, launches a recurring um, feature slash contest thing on his website, vdare.com, that showcased offenders and the war on christmas um some context about vdare.com uh southern poverty law center classified it as a hate group so (laughs) So there's that um from time magazine the inaugural villain was uh this is in in the timepiece on it the inaugural villain as the was the department of housing and urban development which earned the dubious honor for hosting a holiday party dubbed a celebration of holiday traditions.
0: Uh oh! How dare they? Um, we're oh we're gonna gosh. get tagged for this whole podcast season.
2: Yeah. Oh, the no. following year, uh, Amazon.com became a target of Brian Lowe's wrath for subjecting consumers to the non-denominational greeting "Happy Holidays." <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so terrible. The, the, the format goes on to serve as a contest um, with uh, all sorts of people participating um namely uh supporters of eugenics and more anti-semites both of who won various years um the fringe groups of course as as we have seen recently um are kind of like magnetic poles so Mm -hmm. when at first when he does this everybody's like whoa chill (laughs) like yeah that's a lot you are embarrassing us. But of course, you know, the further the extreme, the gra- more gradual the center kind of gets pulled towards it. <clears throat> so this goes from being uh, too extreme to being pretty normal um, in about two years.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it's also, I mean, it makes sense why they latch on. So you have these like right wing, you know, anti Semite, neo Nazi, whoever is doing this. But you pick a topic that is not, we want to kill all the Jews. You pick a topic that's, we miss Christmas, and how they used to say Merry Christmas in the Gap. Yes. And then you can get the people that are like, yeah, I mm-hmm. do too. I miss hearing Merry Christmas in the Gap. And then suddenly those people realize that they're aligned with the anti-Semites. Right. Semites. It's like, whoopsie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well. So
2: uh, eventually the, the campaign uh, just gets fully adopted by Fox News. Um, And people who either work within Fox News or or are part of it. Uh, In 2005, we get The War on Christmas. How the liberal plot to ban the sacred Christian holiday is worse than you thought. Um, Uh, It's not my favorite book. Um, It's by (laughs) John Gibson. And it serves as a sort of urtext for like dopey, awful War on Christmas books cottage industry like every year if you google war on christmas and not google it put it in amazon search bar um oh my you are not for want you could build an <laughs> advent calendar of war on christmas books. um sarah palin published one it has recipes okay. i encourage recipes. you to, 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 to not buy it um but maybe peek <laughs> through it at the library um gibson himself has actually claimed to be shocked by kind of the political storm. This book Unleashed. Um, And he blames two things uh, when talking to the New York Times. He blames the provocative title.
0: Oh yeah, okay, I was
2: gonna say, he's probably partially to blame. Well, uh, so he doesn't blame himself. He blames the title. And do you have any other guess?
0: Uh, Jews?
1: I was gonna say liberals.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, he actually blames Bill O'Reilly. Oh, swerve. Bear. when it comes to modern rallying over the war on christmas bill o'reilly is g-o-a-t he's the goat <laughs> really there is nobody can lay a finger on his butterfinger of excellence um <laughs> o'reilly and and also to some degree sean hannity they are po'd around this time of like 2005 or so that corporate brands like walmart uh, are gradually adopting um Strategies that expand how they both display holidays and address them in their stores. Mm. You know, plans to make uh, inclusivity a priority for all of the people who come there. Uh, they still sell Christmas trees and all these other things, but they also sell other things. Um, and they're not happy. This diatribe uh, is sourced by Snopes, and it's good. Um, so I'll, I'll just skim through it all this is bill o'reilly i can't do a bill o'reilly voice i really good, good. I could.
0: don't don't try <laughs> doing uh, it so this was on his show though
2: this or? is on his show okay um all over the country christmas is taking flack in denver this past past weekend no religious floats were permitted in the holiday parade there in new york city mayor bloomberg unveiled the holiday tree and no christian christmas symbols are allowed in the public schools Federated department stores Macy's have done away with the Christmas greeting, Merry Christmas. Now all this anti-Christian stuff is absurd and may even be a bias situation. Uh Love when people drop the bias word. (laughs) But the real reason it's happening has little to do with Christmas and everything to do with organized religion. Here we go. Oh, boy. Secular progressives realize that America, as it is now, will never approve of gay marriage, partial birth abortion, euthanasia, legalized (laughs) drugs, income redistribution through taxation, and many other progressive visions because of religious opposition. But (laughs) if the secularists can destroy religion in the public arena, the brave new progressive world is a possibility. That's what happened in Canada.
0: So what? Whoa. So the idea is it, it's, that uh, it's Santa like, is keeping the tide back. Well, like
2: <laughs> if we, if, if people, it, it's like kind of hard for me to parse. Basically, I think what he's saying is if liberals destroy Christmas and then other religious holidays, yeah. religion won't be able to take the hit. Religion itself will collapse and then cease to be the barrier that has protected America from progressive
0: Right. No one will know what's right and wrong without the guidance of Christmas and religiosity, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. effectively. What happened in Canada? It,
2: liberal agendas got passed, I think, is like the argument. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. Yes. Um,
1: Healthcare. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So at
2: this point the people uh cast as against Christmas quote against and the war on Christmas become the the boogeyman of just conservative talking heads. Uh yeah. so immigrants, uh progressive brands, <laughs> the ACLU, um secular Jews, uh groups like the American Family Association, uh run annual lists drawing literal battle lines for the war on christmas they have a naughty and nice list so you know who (laughs) you can shop with oh good Um, the criteria the afa reviews up to five areas to determine if a company is quote christmas friendly in their advertising print media so like newspaper inserts broadcast media radio television website social media facebook twitter uh, and or Depending on their time, I guess. Personal visits to the store. If a company's ad has references to items associated with Christmas, trees, wreaths, lights, etc., it was considered as an attempt to reach Christmas shoppers. So your threshold is like trees. That's all it takes. I mean, the wild thing about it is again, like if you think about pagan roots of the holiday, it, you, they're not even saying the things that are like associated with Christianity. They're just saying, "I nope. don't, just throw up a wreath. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> it's wild. They, this year, um, Family Dollar, The Gap, PetSmart, Staples, naughty list. Bad. On the marginal list,
0: Starbucks. Okay. Starbucks. So really? Because yeah. Starbucks for a very long time was the like poster child yeah. of Auntie because they had the, the ha- Happy cups. Holidays on the cup. Yeah. And people freaked out. They have been on the naughty
2: list many times. Okay. Many times. But this year, something something clicked. You don't you know? know what it was? I think they probably put a wreath on, <laughs> on like sure. a mall or something.
0: Mm. And then people were like, got it. We are. But in that wreath- reef- okay. A dreidel, <laughs> That's buried in it. <laughs> it's like almost there, not quite. <laughs> Why is
2: my coffee cup covered in UN logos? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um, it's uh, here. here uh, here's what I'm gonna say. Uh huh. And and we keep this uh, podcast very PG, so I'm gonna PG this insult okay. and just say, if someone says hop, Happy Holidays to you, and you are annoyed by that, you're an a hole. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. <laughs> you're an a-hole. They were saying something nice to you, and you had a problem with it. So, you know what? Just deal with it and smile and be nice, because they're trying to be nice to you. You know what
2: I like? is It's like it's the rare time where somebody's like, not good enough. <laughs> like, Could've nice, done
0: more. But not good
2: enough. Um, so, it, like when I said, it just becomes... The war on Christmas can be whatever you want it to be, the cause of it. Um... My favorite, though, is in 2008, it was blamed for hurting the economy
0: <gasps> in the recession. <laughs> yes. Wait, is this post-recession or before Well, this is, this is like the
2: holidays of 2008, so it's like- Okay, so no th- one has days. any money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Wall Street Journal op-ed by uh, Daniel Henninger, he claims, quote, a nation whose people can't say Merry Christmas- is a nation capable of ruining its own economy. Yes. And he goes on to drop, he drops that bomb. And then he, 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 he's like, okay, now that I have that out there, I'm going to spend pretty much the rest of the entire piece just doing this very long and sloppy explanation of the, quote, good intentions that led to the housing collapse. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> it's a journey.
2: Um, cool and then after he does all that and he's like oh and that's how we got the recession or or whatever they were calling it at the time uh because you wouldn't want to use the r word um he comes back and he ends with one more bomb responsibility and restraint are moral sentiments remorse is a product of conscience none of these grow on trees each must be learned taught passed down and so we come back to the disappearance of merry christmas It has been my view that the steady secularizing and insistent effort at de-religioning America has been dangerous. That danger flashed red in the fall into subprime personal behaviors by borrowers and bankers, who, after all, are just people. Northerners and atheists who vilify Southern evangelicals are throwing out nurturers of useful virtue with the bathwater of obnoxious political opinions. The point for a healthy society of commerce and politics. Is not that religion saves, but that it keeps most of the players inside the chalk lines. We are erasing the chalk lines. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. One final line. Okay. Feel free. Banish Merry Christmas.
0: Get ready for Mad Max.
1: Oh my okay. God. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah. I gotta be honest. That is the best, most convincing. I'm, I'm in, you're to not, be honest. More? I saw that movie. That was awesome. So if that's where we're going, everyone is like go- reading, and
1: they're like, "I don't know. This
0: conflation's a little much." And then it gets to Mad Max, and you're like, yo, wait, that was a great movie." I mean, look, it's not Beyond Thunderdome; it's just Mad Max. So like, things haven't progressed that far. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. You know
2: what it does, though? It does loop back to anti-Semitism. We get Mel Gibson in there. Oh yeah!
0: Oh little, little yeah. All,
2: all roads. Um, <laughs> it, wow! It's such a wild claim i I just love the idea that there's like the idea that secular people couldn't possibly have moral value or that people who identify as christian are somehow like those are the people standing in the chalk lines donald trump is doing a plus (laughs) standing in the chalk lines uh no
0: yeah we we the world has plenty of chalk lines you can be once again an a-hole and ignore them but you don't need religion to know where the chalk lines are you just need to be a good person. It's pretty wild. It's good. Okay, so whew, we did it.
2: We have wow. made it to today. Oh we are boy. in the, the true throes of the War on Christmas. The War on Christmas is no longer a theoretical. It is, an, it is happening. The President of the United States of America <sighs> is in it. He has declared <laughs> the war. He is fighting the war. By himself, apparently. Sure. Um, (laughs) It has become effectively an unwritten part of the Republican Party platform. That isn't to say every Republican believes uh, that the war on Christmas is a thing. It's just become a piece of leverage in elections. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And once again, for the same reason, because it is a easy concept to grok, even though it's a stupid concept. It's It's a thing that people can relate to. Again, stupidly. Yeah.
2: But. Well, it's one of those also, like, an annoying thing. I um, <laughs> just imagine people who are running as a public- Republicans who get asked, like, that war on Christmas, right? And they're like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, uh, I, do I really have to pander to this? Sure. <laughs> sure. The war on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. Um, people who are not coming from that place of just exhaustion. Donald Trump. Trump. Um, Snopes notes that in the 2016 campaign for POTUS, then presidential nominee Donald Trump promised, if elected, he'd bring back, quote, traditional language like Merry Christmas. Uh, Spoilers. Mm, Traditional usually is a loaded word. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He uh, brought, obviously, that back the following year once he actually became president. Um, And it's it's not great <laughs> he he has uh just dropped it randomly like it's kind of like his like I think, in may yeah i think it's just like <laughs> when he's riffing he, he doesn't know what to have kind of like a bad improv actor he's sure like, oh I'm um, also um uh yeah we're married and you hate me and you're not my mom like what no why are you riffing like this stop just go back to whatever your point was be chill be cool he's like no i can't um it's it's bad uh but i think there it's it's interesting that it's kind of like come back to trump because it basically ties the roots of the war on christmas back to this kind of rise of populism and nationalism Mm -hmm. pre-world war ii with anti-semitism of uh henry ford with this fear of quote globalization um and also it it like is perpetually tied to the fringe right i think what's mm-hmm. weird in this case is the fringe became president um right. but it is this thing that you always get the sense at every step of the way that there are those other people like that i mentioned who are like running on republicans who are just like completely not here for it Mm-hmm. But feel increasingly pulled uh, in that direction by the fringe, and it's so bizarre to watch. Um, I also think we we kind of loop the loop in that the war the war on Christmas 1.0 began with the most extremely conservative Christians trying to limit uh, public celebrations of Christmas to protect quote protect it, uh, and it ends with extremely conservative Christians trying to champion Christmas. Because um, that is their perception of how to protect it, but also to like make sure that secular beliefs don't get any like place at the table.
0: Um, but also, it's important to remember that like they don't really care at all. Yeah. <laughs> like this is just a leverage point of an us versus them thing. Donald Trump does not give no. an s about Christmas. But there are people in this country who truly do think like yes it's yeah and and that's who he's trying to reach is the people that like take this stuff to heart yeah but like these people are just using it as a it's a talking point yeah it's just like and one other thing to make money Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) because there's
2: so much money um this is from a piece by max blumenthal in 2008 uh the christmas culture conf is a growth industry in a shrinking economy providing an effective boost for conservative fundraising and a ratings bonanza for right-wing media, uh, which it continues to
0: be. What to is that, Colt? What today. is that, Conf? Uh, eh, I could guess, but do you really want me to? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> no.
2: I, 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 I think it's kind of implied by the structure of the sentence, but I, I don't want to get the specific of it wrong. Yeah, that no, I think you're
0: probably... I'm just confirming. I think That's fine. The, the
2: statement is, again, speaking of leverage, the war Kiss Christmas can be brought up every holiday season to make sure that like Fox News has better ratings and yes. that people who are running can use that to fill up their coffers for their future platform.
0: And it's every single year. It's very reliable. Yeah. Easy money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I
2: mean, and, and this also like, isn't a secret. Bill O'Reilly, other people... Um, who argue that the war on Christmas is real, have also openly said, like, hey, this is a huge money-making thing, whether it's for, like, us or, like, stores. you Even if you don't believe in Christmas, you should celebrate, you should say Merry Christmas, because you'll get more money. Um, yeah. Which is a choice. Um, here's the thing, though, about Trump and O'Reilly and everybody else that we talked about in this episode is they are fighting a losing battle, and it have been from the very beginning, um, all you have to do is look back in those history books uh, and you will find the same lesson repeated over and over, which to quote uh, Nissenbaum one more time, Christmas has always been an extremely difficult holiday to Christianize. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not going to win it. Um, and nor should these people, because I understand fear is a real thing, nor should people who fear that the war on Christmas is some uh, evil strategy to remove Christianity from the public square, they should find comfort knowing that this supposed battle has raged for centuries. Uh, and as of today, about three quarters of Americans identify as Christian. So, it's not... You guys are it's doing okay. The numbers <laughs> ...too bad. Um, in fact, and here's where we, we're going to end it, with a bit of trivia. Oh boy. Christians should... Thank the Jews for some of the magic of Christmas. Which songs? Can you name three? Let's see if between the two of you. Can you name oh, three Christmas okay. songs that were written by Jewish musicians?
0: Iconic. Um, they have to be biggies. Baby, it's cold outside. I'm going to say... Have that on my list. White okay. Christmas. Oh, that, that's a good guess. Okay, keep going. Okay. Is that
1: not on there? I, not on my list. I don't think that is um rudolph somebody's... the red-nosed reindeer yes heck yeah two more guests. pretty good two more. frosty uh no winter oh. wonderland
2: mm, not that i see i realized this was a weird <laughs> format because i can't fact check <laughs> to see if they were also written
0: by jewish musicians what about all the songs from nightmare before christmas here's what i'll tell you oh. uh, interesting choice <laughs> um <laughs>
2: The Christmas song, so chestnuts roasting over an open fire. Sure. Mm. Um, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It's the most jingle wonderful. Jingle bells? What? It's, no, let it snow, let it snow. No, oh, I know. I was guessing snow. another jingle no, bells. stop was... guessing. Okay. It's the most wonderful time of the year.
0: Oh, yeah, good one. Mm.
2: Santa Baby.
0: I love Santa Aww. Baby.
2: Silver bells. All of these. Wow, uh, silver bells. Yeah. Oh, and White Christmas. Irving Berlin. Who I think also, I guess white Christmas. Yeah, sorry, that was I, one I, of my I, guesses. Listen, I goofed. I'll be honest, the font was a different color, and I got really <laughs> confused. Was it white? It no, was white on it white. It's <laughs> white.
1: <laughs> um
2: <sighs> also Irving Berlin wrote God Bless America. Yeah. This is all, all those are from Newsweek, but here's one, one more. Johnny Marks, who single-handedly wrote Rudolph, I Don't Want a Lot for Christmas, rocking around the Christmas tree, and many more Christmas songs. The dude just dominated the Christmas Home Alone would not exist were it not for this man. You gotta love Johnny Marks. Um, so that's, that's the war on Christmas. Um, uh, sources for that one, Time Magazine, The New York Times, Newsweek, Snopes, Wikipedia, and hey, uh, we wouldn't be here without you, Fox News. You certainly <laughs> were a source. Um, and then also that book, which uh, I'm gonna repeat because I really think everybody should check it out. it's such a great holiday read Stephen Nissenbaum's The Battle for Christmas the best part about that book is it just is not dry at all and it takes such a wonderful journey that really kind of stops around the modern day stuff so if the back half of this you won't get too much of that if you want to just know more about how people are celebrating Christmas and fighting for it on both sides you should definitely check out that book
0: that's awesome get it for
2: Christmas
0: what what you didn't tweet out to ask for I didn't reader, get any only memories. reader only memories? Oh boy, I can't police you guys. You're just on your own. I what know. Can well, I, say? I mean,
1: also,
2: like, what would we have done? We would have been like, who did you lose in the battle for Christmas? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to, since we don't have that section. I do want to call out um, if you happen to get the chance to watch the chilling adventures of Sabrina Christmas special. It happens to be all about the Yule Lads, which we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. So it's a fun uh, nod to uh, something that we recently talked about. And you could be that snobby jerk like me to my wife saying, hey, guess what? I know all about the Yule Lads now. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Um, Cool. Thank you so much, Chris Plant. We did it. It's been a season. We did it. Yeah, this is going to be the end of the season. Thank you, Allegra. I want to thank Allegra as well. Thank Um, you. This is going to be (laughs) the end of the... Uh, holiday tradition season that we've been doing—it's been a blast. I've, I've had a really good time. Um, any favorite holiday traditions for you guys that jump out at you?
2: I think mine is the new tradition of doing what Allegra just did, which was this weird Jackie Onassis. She like lowered her wrist to her waist. I <laughs> was like, "Thank you."
0: Nah. That's great. Uh, you can say that instead of uh, "Merry Christmas" or "Happy Holidays."
1: Every time you get Thank a present you. on
0: the holidays.
1: Thank you, Thank Perfect.
0: you. Uh, So that's gonna do it for us. Uh, we are gonna take a break um, We are going to go away, but not forever. Do not worry uh, Definitely stay subscribed to the history of fun podcast feed uh, We're gonna be having more episodes in the coming year. We're gonna be doing some uh, similar in this style we're gonna pick a theme and we'll do sort of many seasons on that theme So definitely uh, stick with us. Uh, We love having you guys. We wanted to thank all of you for all the support that you've given us uh, through this season and since the beginning of the show. Uh, We'd love to see all the reviews that you guys have been putting up. Uh, All the support on Twitter and everything like that is really terrific. Um, Is there anything else that we needed to touch on?
1: Um, Mm -hmm. We probably should. uh,
0: We should leap the dips. Well, but I wanted to do the outro first. Listen, I'm just
1: leaping ahead to the dips. Thank (laughs) you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories (laughs) of the things you love. Leap the dips, everyone. Hey.